gents. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And we are out here in our finest Marmots and uh, California goose gear, you know, here in the cabin, chilling, knee deep in the snow for Tim's on, you know what I'm saying? About to go back inside because we are inside for the next we two in- or three months. We inside. <laughs> <laughs> we, we inside. <laughs> you know what, man? You know what? I, I, I feel like. I will say this, my 2021, kind of lit. So if, you know, if we got to take this break, let's take this break. Yeah, you no, it, it, it ended under a strong point. You know, I, I, I was seeing jazz fests, you know what I'm saying? I was doing groove tops. I, I was out here living my, my best metropolitan urban black man life, you know what I'm saying? I could I could take a little break, you know what I'm saying? Give that wild a little break, you know, maybe not catch any crazy viral diseases, you know what I'm saying? Staying in mean, And look, it's brick outside. So what are you yes. going to be doing anyway? Yeah, no, it's not nothing it's, good. It's all synonyms out there. It's legit brick, like nine <laughs> degrees outside. So, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's get this started, man. Let's get it started. Um, as usual, it's going to be conscious season sooner than later. You know, obviously, probably you know, later. We got, probably later, but you know, for now, things are getting dropped. And then the big thing this week was the When We Were Young Festival, which is basically warp tour if you have to go to physical therapy. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got you've got all the acts, all the acts that that you know that that's that set it off the emo, you know what I'm saying? Back when we were out there for a manic pixie hair dye, you know what I'm saying, our stockings, wearing goth makeup, going to go see Avril Lavigne, going to see My Chemical Romance, going to see AFI, you know, all these bands and basically the arts when everybody was teenagers. It's kind of weird, but now they're hitting the oldie circuit, long story short. We've kind of hit that era. I mean, that's the thing though, it's just like like all these kids who were like, you know, kids in like the mid to late 2000s are hitting that middle management age. Yeah. You know. They got that disposable income, you know what I'm saying? The, the kids are in school now, you know what I'm saying? That they, you know, all they got to do is just make sure like, you know, the 10-year-old doesn't murder the fucking, you know, the nine-year-old and they're able to go out there and chill, you know what I'm saying? Maybe sit up for the evening, get that little bit of the barefoot wine happening, pregame in a parking lot and go out there and go check out car seat headrests. <laughs> I, I, I will say this uh, None of this appeals to me uh, I was not a My Chemical Romance Or Paramore friend I know people I, who are And they're like I'm probably going to get like doxxed Black people love Paramore Black though. people love Love Paramore. Paramore And My Chemical Romance Like, they're, like there's like a black Kind of gothy Like emo Like contingent of people That I used to hang out with Who love these bands So yeah. I'm not mad You know but <laughs> It's not for me, fam. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. But apparently, it's it's unlike bonkers. It's, it's in Vegas. The first day sold out. They're doing another lineup the next day, or I think the weekend after. I'm not too sure when. But you know, it's it's kind of interesting to kind of see. I guess the crowds age up, and the festivals age up also to kind of capture those crowds. Um, I mean, it's it's a good thing. I'm saying overall, like like for me, it's what I hate as far as you know. And it's a space where hip hop doesn't really hasn't necessarily had that space. I like the idea of bands being able to kind of build a career, kind of being able to go out there and play that career indefinitely. So yeah. it's cool that like fucking like a Paramore could play. It's cool that you know I know My Chemical Romance kind of ended on a high note, but it's cool they could kind of reform it. It's not just like oh we're doing this for yada yada yada. If you've built a you know a body of work, you're able to kind of eat off that body of work for a little bit of period of time. So it's kind of cool to kind of have these festivals to kind of tailor to them. It's a little bit odd because obviously we all, you know, it, it doesn't seem that long ago where, you know, we were out there in the hot topic getting getting our t-shirts <laughs> ready, you know what I'm saying, to go out there and party. But, you know, like I said, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of weirdly unusual, particularly, like I said, the name when we were young, it's kind of so on the nose that it's kind of <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. It's just like I, 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 I'm accepting this, and it's I like. The, I think the crazy thing is like this is now a generation behind us that have nostalgia tours, right? Yes. Like our generation, we've been doing this for a while. Now the generation behind us, the millennials, now have nostalgia tours, which is uh, I think that's the craziest thing about this whole thing. It's just like we all get old out here. 
it's like it's not the same, man. It, when, he, when, he, when he got to put the, the orthopedic insoles in the Doc Martin, shit hits differently. You know, so, uh, you know, if you out here, like, like, get some, hydrate up. <laughs> Don't do that, Molly. It's not Don't for do you, that. fam. Yeah, that Molly might be spiked, you know what I'm saying? Make sure... <laughs> You know, make sure it's clear liquor. Don't go out there drinking that Jim Bean. You know what I'm saying? It's the, you know, and, and Red Bulls. Keep it, keep it nice, simple. Make sure you get home uh, before the babysitter. You know, you know, like charges you extra. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. <laughs> uh, and on, uh, so that's that's the one positive concert happening in October. Um, we've got a couple of cancellations and delays. I think the big one. That nobody's surprised at is the Fugees, but I guess the reasons why. Um, effectively, they put out a press release saying they kind of really wanted to kind of go out there and tour the anniversary of the score. And basically, because of COVID reasons, like it wasn't like we'll never reunite ever again, but they were like, hey, you know, the occasion that we wanted to kind of reunite for is kind of passing us because we won't be able to do this properly during COVID time. So we're basically canceling the show. What I thought was kind of, like I said, it's, it's a positive was it wasn't like, a, you know, we hate each other or we're never doing this again, yada, yada, yada. It was basically said, basically, it's not the time yet. So I guess it's a positive, but it's also very fucking depressing where, you know, you had this volatile band, you know, people were sworn they would have got back together and they got back together you know, things were happening and look what happened. Yeah, well, I think this is the the most peculiar thing about this is that this is actually the second postponement because it was supposed to happen back in November and that was postponed. And I guess they were saying, oh, we're not ready. Like, you know, we want to like rejigger the tour or whatever. Um, And now it's postponed until who knows when. Um, And I, I think, I don't know. I, I look. I was at the launch party, you know, tour. Flex, really, flex, flex. Uh, it was really great to see the Fuji's. They were rusty AF, but you know, like over time, I'm sure like they'll get better. Like you know, they'll they'll be a little bit more on point. But it was a great show to see. Um, they started two hours late, so you know, people were asking me, <laughs> um, what you know, like like how where did they go on? I was like, well, doors open at six. They went on like nine. <laughs> Wow, which is fantastic, <laughs> by the way. That's that's definitely a, a Fuji slash Thornhill record, honestly. Yeah, but um, you know, I I I feel for all these artists out here, um, because you know, it's like a lot of these artists. This is how they make their bread, and they've been sidelined for two years, and they've been putting all this money into to booking shows and tours, and we're right back at twenty twenty again for a lot of artists. So. Um, you know, I, I I hope they get it together. It, it seems like there's some finagling that was happening too with that that first tour, because um, that tour that first tour got canceled or postponed because I was supposed to kick off in November. Um, maybe they weren't selling enough tickets. Like you know, I was just trying to figure that out. But um, you know, I wish them the best, and I. I I don't, you know, like use your own judgment if you want to see them live. But you know, again, we're old; we're seeking nostalgia. So, you know, um, if you get the chance, go for it. Yeah, no, it's it's it kind of like I said, it's it's. If anything, I'm very shocked that this seems to be the reason why it's not, it didn't happen. I, I like I said, it's it's even though, you know, it, this is one of those things where people would have sworn it would never happen. So I, I think the idea that they had a tour plan together, there were things are coming together. It's a little bit unfortunate; it kind of fell apart. Like I said, I'm hoping that there were enough things and enough seeds planted where once we kind of get past whatever this is, once to get past whatever issues on is on their end, I'm pretty sure that, you know, having three, you know, three very strong personalities who really haven't gelled, you know, back in the days, kind of, you know, full trying together many decades after the fact, it's probably a little difficult. But I'm hoping that, you know, they can kind of get it together because I think that after we kind of get all this, we're definitely going to need some, like, comfort food <laughs> in the way of music. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then uh, next one is Adele. You know, as as you know, me and Stone, huge Adele fans here. You know what I'm saying? Up there, you know. The Adele Patois, you know what I'm saying? Look, look, Wifey's an Adele super fan. So, by extension, I am also an Adele super fan. 
no cap. No cap. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, fam. <laughs> I was gonna, this is this is a this is a married life married married life nuggets basically you know what I'm saying <laughs> you, you like what your spouse likes if your spouse loves it you love it too hint hint wink wink but uh, I thought this was a cool idea when I heard about it you know Adele Las Vegas residency it seems that as opposed to the when we were a young festival that a lot of artists have been doing Las Vegas residencies less because that's the crowd, but more because it's fun. You just basically sit in one place, collect them checks every evening. Very easy way to tour. Yeah. Um, with Fidel, I thought it was a very kind of awesome way for her to kind of do it. Probably, you know, Vegas, relaxing. You know, it would have been kind of cool. Um, they postponed it. Um, I know she had a whole thing where she hopped on. I think the gram was all crying, basically saying COVID, planning. There's some rumors where basically, you know, on one side, I guess the promoters wanted to have your classic like Vegas show with like, you know, the rolling in the deep dancers and fucking fireworks and fucking trapeze artists where Adele is very much like, you know, more comes from the, the soul singer torching a kind of world where she wanted something a little bit more stripped down, you know, probably, you know, working on different coasts, working in different countries. They probably couldn't gel the idea together. So they're kind of postponing it. Um, I mean, it kind of sucks. I mean, like, it's, it goes back to our original point. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, things really aren't ready. It's kind of a testimony that things that kind of did pop off that we were able to see, things that are kind of still happening now, because, you know, we're still in, the, in a worldwide pandemic with things like supply chains or things like fucking visas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bands are still having visa issues. It's like a lot of these things are kind of still played in there, and I think it's kind of unfortunate. But at the same time, Mr. Adele, you know, one of the biggest artists in the world, it'll eventually get together. Just not the time. Long story short. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy that you mentioned that. Cause I look, those tickets were like a grip a piece. <laughs> like <laughs> as somebody that was refreshing Ticketmaster <laughs> and seeing those prices <laughs> and like, ultimately like we, we were not going to Adele. Um, I was like, yo, I want some Las Vegas dancers. <laughs> For this price, <laughs> you need to bring out Elton John and Elvis, and you know, a Liberace hologram coming out. <laughs> I, w- I want everybody, man. The Rat Pack, like, come on. Um, but um, but yeah, no, it's, it's it, it, I, I I will say this about Dell. Like, I I do feel like she was ultimately devastated, and it seemed like that message was heartfelt and genuine like they were trying to make like get it together and half their their crew got covid and it's not even it's not, we're in a weird place right now where omicron it's like a weird thing where it's not if you're vaccinated and boosted it's not sending you to the hospital but it's still making you sick and it's making like everybody around you sick so it's not even like we're scared to put this thing on it's like yo we're all sick right now yeah <laughs> and, and we can't put this thing on you know um, and she's like, yo, half my, tr- my crew got taken out, you know, by, by, by just by calling in sick. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's like a weird, it's a, it's a really weird thing. Cause I, I, I do think we're like kind of maybe getting over that hump, you know, but, um, you know, it, it, it kind of sucks to see artists again, um, have to cancel tours and shows and things like that. Cause I mean, I've seen so many artists go on IG and just like you can tell, like the disappointment in their face. Yeah. Like when Benny Sings got on IG, like a couple other people had to cancel their tours, and it's just like you know, not only it's like a financial disappointment, but like these people like to entertain. Like it's not even just like I'm doing this because of my job. It's like I haven't done this in two years. I get the the rush and the thrill from from being on stage, and I don't get that. I know my fans, especially if you like, you're making plans to fly to Vegas, right? Like you know, like are you making you know whatever? Like you know, um, like I know fans are traveling across the world to see me, and I gotta do this. So um, yeah, it's 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 tough, and I I really hope things uh, can course correct. Uh, I do I do I I do think they will. Uh, I, I think, you know, we were able to see a lot of shows and a lot of things in 2021. Um, and I'm I'm hoping by, like, hopefully the spring, things will get a little bit better. But, you know, it's still a nightmare for these artists out here. And uh, I definitely feel for them. 
You know, it, it reminds me of remember when we went to go see Vagabond, where, you know, very, very talented fucking performer. And she was basically saying how, you know, you know, when she was coming out, she was kind of getting used to performing live. But those couple of years off the grid kind of helped her mentally. But she was like, I miss this. Fu- I miss this as fuck. She's like, yeah. I want to go out here and perform and do cool shit and do dancing and do, you know, like I kind of miss this aspect. I kind of didn't know what I was missing before when, you know, I was coming out the gate and getting used to what I'm doing. And it's like, fuck, it's like, this is really a special last moment. And you can kind of see the glee in her face, not because fucking it's like, oh, adoring fans. It's like, yo, look, I'm here playing in front of a crowd. Like I haven't had yeah. a chance to do this in fucking years. This is this is why my whole life revolved around this. This is my career. This is my calling. And I haven't had to do my calling. I was just basically at home watching Netflix like the rest of all of us. And I think it's kind of like important to kind of see that, you know, it's disappointing for us as fans where it's like, shit, you know, I was going to go out there. I had plane tickets. I was going to cast a fucking, you know, the babysitter, all this other stuff. But, you know, like it's literally these people are kind of at home where, you know, their lives built around performing in a crowd and that's taken away from them. So it kind of sucks. And that's why, you know, like I said, it was helpful. Her crying were real tears. It's like, fuck, this isn't yeah. what I do. And I'm so close to doing what I do. I dropped this album. Probably album was probably held up for like a year or two plus. And then bam, now I'm back to fucking, you know, like again, we're, we're Tiger King 2 is coming up soon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like at a certain point, it's just like the deja vu comes. So like I said, I think it's a... Uh, <clears throat> I think it's a good thing. I think it's a smart thing for it to kind of cancel as opposed to kind of trudging it on, making it happen and getting people more sick. I do think that we're kind of getting out of this. And like I said, it's it's it kind of sucks, but dying sucks more. So, like, you know, hopefully knocking wood, you know, when it gets a little bit warmer, we'll be we'll be outside again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And uh, I guess I'll do this last one. Speaking of live shows. So a couple of years ago. Rock Nation made a deal with the devil, the NFL, to help with their halftime show. At the time, there was a boycott, an informal boycott, because of the Kaepernick issue. The NFL was kind of seen as blackballing this football player who dared to say something as crazy as police brutality is wrong. Um, Since then, they basically showed up with the bag to Jay-Z's house, you know what I'm saying? And Rock Nation has been kind of helping them get get axed. And about a week ago, they dropped the F. Gary Gray clip Announcing the Super Bowl, we've got Kendrick Lamar, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, and Mary J. Blige. Where even saying those names together already feels exhausting. (laughs) We won, dude. We won. (laughs) Racism is over. Racism is over. They had had a whole (laughs) cheesy-ass preview video just to announce this. I mean, and I was telling you, Stone, I, I am thoroughly uninterested. I One small exception, Kendrick being on there most likely means that Kendrick album's coming out and, a proper, and a proper Kendrick show that we could all overpay money to go see. But woof, this just feels like... This is, this, it, this feels like a, a white addict's extremes in the wrong way, basically. Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, Dr. Dre and Soup Dog are that they're middle-aged like you know they're about to be the rolling stones of hip-hop like no lie wow yeah <laughs> you, you think got a point. About yeah <laughs> and like all you know all these kids who grew up in the suburbs you know in the 80s and 90s like in early 90s like you know they they're the they're the idols so yeah no like <laughs> they're literally like you know this is literally like the stones playing or or like you know like the Who or like U two playing the Super Bowl. We're at this point right now. Um, Mary J was like, you know, I'm sure they're just like, oh, we need a woman. <laughs> we need a female to to balance um, all this boisterous male energy on stage. You know, yeah, and then like Kendrick Lamar, I I I think that was kind of the most shocking and surprising, just because you would think killing. And look, I I don't, I'm not mad at people for selling out. Like, I, I'm not mad if Kim Jumar, like, you know, like, drop something from McDonald's because you got to make, make that bag. Like, you got to keep that, those rent, those those house payments from the house in Calabasas, you know? Um, but I'm also just kind of like, you're kind of the antithesis of what the NFL and the Super Bowl represents. And it's kind of like, I don't know, like, it's like, it's kind of like, this is kind of a little L for you. 
you know, I'm sure you'll be okay. But I, I, I was just a little shocked by, by the Kendrick Lamar selection. Um, you know, having that said, I, I will probably watch. I will, I will say this. I think I thought the weekend's selection last year was like the most bold and interesting thing I think I've seen at Super Bowl. Um, I don't think it was a great halftime performance, but I was just kind of like the dude like understood the assignment and went out there and did it. And even though like, like he, you know, like that, that was a risk for him uh, and his brand, but you know, he pulled it off this. I just don't know, man. Like, like literally everything that Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg says will be bleeped out. Like, are they going to do clean versions of everything? (laughs) It's just going to be like, like, like just a beep the whole time. Like, you know, and I just like I, I I'm like I'm expecting like the six force, you know, like coming on on the stage so and all the, the dancers and bandanas, n- nothing but and a blue and red bandanas, like nothing but a G and dancers. You're right. Is this <laughs> <laughs> the caramel pan up? There'll be like a red square and a blue square just dancing around each other <laughs> from the drone cam. <sighs> I mean. And Eminem, Lord have mercy. Oof. Oh, yeah. We forgot about Eminem. Ooh, like, can, again, what's... like, uh, what can Eminem do that's family friendly? Uh, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm about to be old, old man. Like, I don't want my kids uh, watching this. And I'm confused also because, and I know there was a lot of back and forth at the time. But I would have sworn there, and I don't know if everything's changed with the, with the Rock Nation deal, but I know the whole argument with the fact of the acts don't pay to be in the Super Bowl, which I always kind of find a little fascinating because I don't see how Dr. Dre's old ass is going to go out there and perform, you know, if there's not a check. And we, we definitely know Sudoki Dog is not performing unless there's a check. He even, he gets paid in straight cash, dude. <laughs> like, he doesn't even get a check. Like, dead ass. Like, he, like I've talked to promoters that fired him. Like, they, they roll up, like, stacks of money. <laughs> To a show, he gets paid in straight cash. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I like I, I actually, it's like a weird thing, right? Because on the one hand, like I guess it's cool to have diversity, but like on the other hand, like if it's not going to be done in an authentic way, it's going to be an L. Like I'd rather just be like the when we were young festival on stage, because <laughs> I know it's going to be handled in a way that makes sense. Um, so I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, no, and like I said, I point out specifically Lamar is a little bit weird. Like I said, all I can kind of guess is, as we all know, there's an album in the bag. The last one for TDE, he put out that press release I think a couple of months ago, kind of saying it's coming. So it kind of makes sense. At the same time. You know, you figure that it, all things considered, all the politics still around the NFL of what they've been doing. Very shocked he's playing. Then again, it's Kendrick. Who knows? He might show up there and be like, you know, start giving an NOI speech. You, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I look, I, it would be great if like Kendrick pulled like a Sinead O'Connor. Damn, I'm dating myself, dude. Oh, when she did that on on the SNL, that shit was in the early '90s. I'm dating yeah. myself, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, you know, okay, you got hired to do a thing, or MIA, MIA, like when you threw the middle finger, like oh, you know, we forgot the classic Janet Jackson, who's has a, a documentary coming out in a couple of weeks, you know? Yeah, but but that wasn't like you know, like though, like MIA, like going out throwing the middle finger was like, oh, I'm taking this 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 money, like, but I'm also like, fuck the system. Yeah, but thanks for your money. Uh, whereas Janet Jackson just got railroaded. Which yeah, is, true. Like, you know, like different, but like, uh, I mean, it'd be great if Kendrick did that, but I, I, I also don't see that happening. Like, like there's too many things involved. You don't want to risk your bag that much. Yeah, the NFL it's, Illuminati is is real. Yeah, no, it's true, <laughs> true, true. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll, you know, hope that that because you don't want to go, you to go through that. I guess we'll be watching with, with bated breath. Me and me and Stone. <sighs> Well, what we do, do for the podcast? For the yeah, <sighs> just for the people. <sighs> <sighs> and, and, and as we transition to why we're actually here, new music.
New music. New music. Um, well, do you want to handle the do the honor stone? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we both listened to this this next uh, album mixtape. Mixtape. It's a very uh, very important destination. <laughs> very, very important. Drake will come very out here important. and shoot you. You know what I'm saying? If you call, how dare you call his albums mixtapes and mixtapes <laughs> albums? Everything's just a playlist at this point. It's just a collection of random songs. Um, but FKA Twigs dropped. Capri songs uh, last week, and it was basically FK Twigs kind of like doing an R and B, Afrobeat, reggae mixtape, um, and FK Twigs not being like you know FK Twigs for a lot of the mixtape. <laughs> um. I I I I, I want to hear your opinion first because I I I will say this I'm not like the biggest fan of FKA Twigs I like I I people come at me for saying that like I understand what she represents and I'm happy that she exists but the the music has never grabbed me so uh, but I want to hear your opinion on the mixtape and then I'll follow up with mine. All right, uh, I mean here so for, for me I've been a long time fan. The reason why I like FKA Twigs was. A visuals, but no those kind of visuals, if you know what I'm saying, is the idea where there was always a vision. So she got all this word, you know, I guess more artsy view. I wouldn't necessarily say Bjork, but, you know, distorted faces, a lot of like, you know, she worked with a lot of avant-garde video makers early in her career. On top of that, she worked with a lot of avant-garde producers like Arca. And while she may not necessarily be the strongest singer, there was always a heavy visual component. So, and we've both seen her live. It's something where she puts on the show. It's, there's something, and I don't want to see this as a diss. With FKA Twigs, a lot of things artistically was a focus, less necessarily about songwriting. But I, you, at least as a fan, I would kind of let that slide because musically the ideas are so strong. So yeah, it may not be the most hooky, you know, I'm going to go out there and play this in the whip music per se, but it was a lot of crazy production, a lot of really crazy vocal fucking distortion, a lot of interesting musical ideas. Um, the last one that you had was uh, Magdalene, which was, I'll say, a samba record. Uh, a lot of her stuff was very experimental and out there. This one was still experimental, but you had feature on it. You know, how experimental can you be a feature? So it was a little bit more <laughs> down, low key, a little bit more down. I would say that, you know, she had some trials and tribulations in the last year or so. Had a New York Times article about how she was dating Sheila Booth for a year and how it was very abusive. I think there might be a lawsuit because I remember her kind of saying that she's going to basically file a lawsuit just kind of less about fucking, you know, money or restitution or anything else, but more like, hey, showing that, you know, making an example that you really can't do that to people, kind of. Like, you know, I think she specifically yeah. said for for young women to kind of say, hey, it's not right. Um... You can kind of tell that, at least by a lot of the interludes here, this is her like, I'm becoming a woman, I'm kind of regaining my strength kind of album, which makes sense that the song is a little bit more pop focused, a little bit more dancehall, a little bit more Afrobeat. It's less weird Bjork leftover beats, but more like, hey, this is this this is a 4-4 song that has a disco track to it. You know what I'm saying? Hey, this is this has a real hook. Like it goes verse, yeah. chorus, verse, hook. Um also, the idea of where you have these little includes kind of in between, kind of talking about struggle and talking about empowerment and kind of like it's it's I was kind of joking about the whole Drake mixtape kind of nonsense where you've got this weird kind of trend now where people are kind of arbitrarily designating an, or, or work a mixtape or not, where it's kind of hard to tell. You could kind of tell this is definitely a little bit more like I'd say relaxed way of kind of creating music. For somebody who kind of cares a lot about, and you can see it, and, and she probably spends fucking months on album cover design, months on a live show, months on kind of getting that, you know, lying that snare up where she wants to in the grid on the fucking uh, DAW. Here is just a lot more relaxed. You can just tell that, hey, got a whole bunch of beats back and forth during fucking Corona, made the fucking songs and put them out there. And, and I think it's a strong record. Is it her strongest? No. I, for me personally, as a fan, I like her a little more experimental stuff, but I do think that, you know, after Magdalene, after seeing what she's kind of went through, I think this is a record you kind of need. This is a, a, a tradition record, basically. It's the idea of where her kind of finding a footing again, and you can kind of hear it, it's fun. And I think what's also important for this record is that 
you could make the argument a lot of experimental arts kind of get a little bit weird where it's just like all right cool you know out there's a there's an infamous i'm, I'm ready for this there's an infamous uh <clears throat> in the 80s there was this like conference basically musicians and you had Stephen Copeland, who is the drummer for the police. Great drummer, right? Classic, all time. And basically he's on there and then talking, 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 music stuff, music stuff, music stuff, music stuff, music stuff, music stuff. stuff. Somebody asked him a question. He's like, hey, you know what's the hardest thing to do in music? And the guy's like, what? And he just plays a 4-4. And he's like, everybody's going crazy, everybody's going nuts, but things being very simple, it's kind of the hardest thing to do. And I guess this is kind of, you know, what kind of simple goes for in pop music in 2022. And so that's what I like about it. Is it a strongest work? No. But I do think that if you're not a fan, there's things here that you'll like. And it'll give you enough of the world to see why people like her in the first place. So I thought it was a solid record. Cool. Cool. Yeah, look, I, I, I will say this. Like, I feel like you're right. Like, the whole term of mixtape, I think, has been bastardized. And you know the where the lines between like mixtape and album have been blurred to a point where like you know you don't know they're all interchangeable like mixtape used to be like you know dollar beats are like you know bootleg you know <laughs> illegal beats that you're rapping over and now <laughs> literally somebody else's beats <laughs> yeah and, and now like mixtapes basically have the same level of production um i will say this is a mixtape for fk twigs though because this is like FK Twig saying, hey, I'm going to like not do kind of like the style that I'm known for. I'm going to dive into these other genres. I want to have a little bit more fun. I'm going to like, you know, be a traditional R&B singer a la Kalani, you know, like I'm going to like try like new things. And I think in that vein, it's really cool to see an artist like step out of their, their bo- like not even a box. I don't even think like FK like you know, like have the box, but like step out of their lane, you know, and just like do something like really cool, do something really engaging, things like that. Um, I, you know, I, I thought it was okay. I, I didn't, I think I had like very high expectations for some reason, just because I'm like, oh, FKA Twig's doing like, you know, really cool R&B. Um, I do think there's a, like a few uh, tracks in the album that I really liked, but you know, like Tears in the Club with The weekend was actually very mid to me. Um, very mid I was and honestly from that title I was so geeked I was like oh it's gonna be it's gonna be so terrible it's gonna be great but it's pretty boring yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's it's very like you're kind of yeah just like like I don't know like B-level Kalani era R&B you know like it's it's just like that it's it's a serviceable song but it's yeah. not something that I was like like single worthy um, and I think like there's a really interesting con- conversation on the FK Twig subreddit <laughs> about that <laughs> song, <laughs> um, and just how like you know I think people are just kind of like I think you know some of the fans were just like kind of like what is this? This is kind of like mid level. Like there are people out here like Doja Cat <laughs> doing yes, like really interesting work. Things of pop gear. And we're kind of expecting that on some of these tracks and, you know, we're, we're getting some mid back. But again, like if you like play with the mixtape formula, it's a mixtape, you know, it's, it's something new. It's something like, you know, I I assume like this beat was bought off of YouTube for like, you know, $5 and then like, <laughs> <laughs> like FK, like DM the weekend and the weekend's like, I'm not doing anything right now. Or like, I'm just hanging out with Jim Carrey right now. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah so and it's funny too like the only thing i really liked about well i liked a few things i did like the inter- interludes because i think that's like those are like really interesting and they're very like you know almost like hotels from jasmine sullivan i i just kind of i'm really endearing to like just spoken word on albums even like the adele album my my little love like I don't know why. That's like a new thing that's popping up in R&B and I'm here for it. Um, but like there's apparently the other thing that people, like apparently the universe is really trying to um, like have the release of this FK Twigs and do a Lipa song, which I heard too, which is also very mid as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and everybody, I think everybody's kind of like expecting that track to be on this album and basically she sampled that track 
and then had somebody talking about how she should release a track <laughs> on this mixtape, which I thought was great. Like I, I like that level of trolling, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, but look, I, I I'm always going to be here for artists that you know you know want to do something different, um, you know. And I think I think I, FKA with like some really solid like R&B production I think it would be really interesting you know um, if she really wants to go in that lane I think like there's a lot of great things that she can do here so um, yeah you know it's, it's, it's probably not something I want to come back to but I'm not mad at it you know she pulls up like I, I like Jealousy featuring Rema that was a really good Afrobeat song you know the the prior Daniel Caesar came in there. That was a very solid R and B duo. Like you know, it's it's like she shows she could do it if she wants to. But I guess, but the fact it's a mixtape is very low effort, um, and that's why I think a lot of it is mid. But it's it's kind of fascinating to kind of see because like I said, she's got her lane. She's gonna sit here and eat off the pitchfork reviews, off you know some weird drum sample from a fucking tuba somewhere, swallowed by a whale, <laughs> you know, crazy sense, you know, all that stuff. And you know, sometimes she just wants to do like regular dance stuff. And, I, and like I said, it's very interesting because if you think about it, she's a dancer. Her whole thing was that she was a dancer turned fucking experimental music artist. So yeah. I think it's kind of fascinating to kind of see her kind of return to like this kind of like very mid-level poppy R&B fucking dance stuff. That's it. I loved your one point. You know, even within that space, even with, there's a lot of artists doing weird shit. Again, you know, we're, we're huge, huge haters of our girl Doja, but we have to admit that there's a lot of interesting, crazy, weird things happening in that record. And I and I think that, you know, I don't want to judge it too hardly again, hence mixtape, but I think that if she kind of goes back to this well, you could go deeper. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of weird yeah. shit happening in pop in 2000. Shit, pop is weird as fuck now, actually. Full yeah. stop. A lot of crazy shit is happening. So I think that, you know, while it's cool to have like, a, here's a dance hall song that's very generic, there's a lot more places you could take it. But that said, I do see why this record exists. I do think there was a level of reset kind of needed because like her last product definitely was a little bit downtrodden. So I'm kind of happy it's here. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's, I do think, though, it's a great entry point if you're not a fan. So if you haven't heard FK Twigs, give this a try. If you like what you like, go deeper. If not, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, The next track is Earl Sweatshirt has dropped a new record called Sick. Um, Earl Sweatshirt. Uh, oh, sorry, Earl Sweatshirt. Earl Sweatshirt <laughs> of... <laughs> Odd future fame. Um, to bring you up to speed to his supervillain, you know, backstory. Um, came out of this forward-leaning, forward-thinking, angry skater collective in Los Angeles circa 10 years ago. He was the standout star at 16. So standout, he got sent immediately to boarding school. <laughs> uh, eventually, after he got out, took a decisively different career craft from the rest of his peers. You have, obviously, Tyler Creator. We've talked about his podcast many times. You've got the internet. You've got, obviously, this, this very young, not well-known singer-songwriter called Frank Ocean. Um, Earl Swartz has kind of been decisively making very working man kind of exploring the idea of depression his last couple of records um first from i guess more of an addictive kind of standpoint to more of an interpersonal drama standpoint after his father died um he's kind of been in this lane kind of doing it kind of hemming at it you could make the argument that while he's been kind of in this world a lot of other artists have kind of bubbled up around him anybody from like mike to like uh navy blue you know, the idea of these weird loopless productions who definitely predated Earl as far as Kyle's concerned, but uh, as far as Griselda's concerned, but he's kind of been in that lane for so long where like, you know, it's something where it's definitely attributed to what he's been doing. I remember his last record, a lot of jokes were made with that one offbeat song with the accordion in it. Um, this is his return, I guess, to like, quote unquote, regular rapping. It's a little bit less depressed. It's a little bit more focused. Obviously, he's a rapper's rapper, so definitely extremely complicated things happening as far as lyrics concerned, as far as clothes are concerned. Enough where it's kind of interesting because I felt like the last record was very much in tune of just kind of like uh, just dealing with depression and kind of trying to find a beat on these really offbeat kind of flows. I mean, offbeat kind of beats. 
This one he's actually flexes a little bit. There's some there's some double time rapping. There's a little bit of bop. There's a little bit of you know he's he's definitely doing some interesting things here as far as flows are concerned. Where he's generally been more of a wordsmith. Um, again, as all Earl, as all Earl Sweatshirt albums. I can't say his name. It's weird. Earl Sweatshirt. <laughs> Weird, but anyway, as far as all of his albums, it's relatively short, 24 minutes, but I think that's one of the strengths, kind of similar to Vince Staples. There's a lot of things crammed into the record, so I think having, you know, 50 minutes of it would be a little bit too much. I think he gives you a lot to kind of, like, wrap your mind around, and I think it's just another solid record. Um, I I will say this much, it's maybe not necessarily my favorite Earl record, I think it's still the first, the self-titled record that's my favorite. But this is this is this is a really good rap song, and I and I and I kind of think of um, Tom Rehan over at uh, Stereogum, and he was just like, "Hey, it's kind of ironic that he already had an album called Some Rap Songs because that's what this kind of perfectly fits. This feels like you know, oh, rapping his ass off over like ten tracks or so. So it's a, it's a great solid little like you know rap record. Like I said, it's if you're a fan, it's a dope song. I think if you're a fan, that might have got a you know. I won't say that I might have gotten turned off by a little bit more of his more experimentation, a little bit more of in, in production, a little bit more of his got turned off because of his focus on kind of like depression and kind of being kind of more insular. This is something I think will bring back more, let's say, I won't say mainstream rap fans because this is not necessarily mainstream rap, but if you're somebody who likes what Griselda's doing, if you're somebody who likes what Boldy James and Alchemist is doing, if you're some, somebody who likes what fucking Freddie Gibbs is doing, by the way, we have to talk about Freddie Gibbs and Gummit Gunner. What, how, what, what was, what's up with this beef? Have you heard about this at all? No. Yeah, Freddie Gibbs and Gunner hate each other. How does that even happen? I don't know. It makes no sense to me. I digress. Anyway, I think if you're kind of a fan of the current like rap vanguard, you'll love this record. And I think that it's nice to kind of see Earl kind of creating from a more positive space. That that's good to hear. And I, I'm probably one of those fans that. I you know I I will just say like Earl's last few records I just didn't gravitate towards um they just didn't grab me um I don't I don't even I think maybe it was production maybe like the flow was a little bit low I, I think like, you, you have to have somebody die in your family to appreciate those records yeah but <laughs> I but I also, it, it was yeah. so I'm, I'm just saying to be joking I think I think they were very they came from a very dark place it's it's almost like try to think of it it's just like you know. I like darkened music, you know, I, I like that kind of thing, I, but it's like, it's hard to listen to it all the time. Like, again, I'm a huge Radiohead fan, but there's only so much Radiohead you could play without feeling depressed yourself. Yeah, yeah, but I, I feel like there's just like a weird, and maybe this is like a part of the depression in the morning, it's just like this weird removal of like presence. Like, I don't know, yeah. it just didn't feel like he was there in like the point. last few yeah. records. Yeah. And I think like that would, that just like, like turn me off. I just have so much stuff going on in my life. Like, I don't know, man. I'm getting like I'm getting old. Like you need not even saying like you need hooks, but you need something you know a little bit deeper. Um, and like uh, so, having that said, I I'm excited about this because I think Earl is uh, you know I just remember that 2010 mixtape, actual mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> it was on like two dope boys, you know. Um, you know, like that, that was groundbreaking and that whole like free Earl movement was like really, you know, kind of crazy to see. So, um, uh, I remember that Earl, I'm not saying you need to like go back to that cause I know he's at a different point in his life, but you know, I, 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 I'm excited to see that there's excitement around Earl Schwarzer again and like Earl is maybe returning to some of those wells before. Cause I, I think that's, that's kind of like what we need in hip hop. Um, and it's really interesting too to just kind of see this Griselda movement pop up and like all these cats like pop up and Boldy James and Alchemist popping off and like uh, like I'm glad that Earl is like noticing this and saying like hey like oh I go I was doing this shit like ten years ago <laughs> in my teens <laughs> you know so uh, I'm glad to see that he's he's getting back in that lane. So. Yeah, and it's like it's cool to hear, and I, and I think it's you, we kind of forget there was a weird period of hip hop. I felt like of the young Jeezy era, where it's just like it was cool to rap and not be a rapper, and it's yeah. cool to kind of hear people kind of like falling of falling in love with the, the art of rapping again. So it was cool because uh, he had an interview with fucking Pitchfork, and he was basically shouting out all those Michigan like offbeat rappers, kind of who were just throwing out bars, 
And basically, yeah. it's like you, you hear like, oh, he's like, these guys are really dope. And it's kind of cool because, you know, a lot of old heads are like, well, it's offbeat and yada, yada, yada. But from his perspective, he's like, no, it's like the new battle rap. It's like, yeah, you yeah. know, they may be saying a lot of stupid nonsense. It may be offbeat all the times. It may be, once again, those two, two, two penny mixtape beats. But they're throwing a lot of crazy, random ass bars at you where if you're somebody who likes to craft, it's a very interesting kind of place. It's very creative at the end of the day. So it's cool to kind of hear like somebody who's definitely one of the masters of the craft kind of saying, hey, I actually like doing this. I'm not doing this for a paycheck. I'm not doing this out of boredom. And I think that it's it's having him in a good mental place, I think, does ultimately kind of give us better art. So I'm kind of happy to see him back, long story short. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So let's uh, like uh, button this up with uh, my artist that I want to talk about, uh, this Experimental pop artist spelling spelling double three L's. You know what I'm saying? Remember that <laughs> three L's in the name. Don't forget that shit, dog. Come out there and slap you. I'm trying to spell spelling the proper way. <laughs> um, but uh, so I spelling. It's been around for a while. I saw she was around like 2016, 2017 um, in the Bay Area, like Oakland, Berkeley um, scene. Um, I think this is like her third album, but probably the first album that's released on like an indie label. Um, and, you know, the algorithm fed this to me and I was very I impressed. I think it's a really interesting take on like progressive pop and experimental pop. Um, there's a lot of channeling of like Bjork and a lot of like uh, tracks. Um I think this is like very cinematic, orchestraic, like there's a lot of like just like kind of lush sounds. And I think like that's like something I've just been really into, this kind of Laurel Canyon sound. But this is like Laurel Canyon, but also with, with a little bit more Molly. Um, <laughs> or a little bit more LSDs, I don't know. But um, I think it was a really interesting album because it, it it's really, because it spans so many different genres. But it still kind of sounds the same at the same time. Um, and it's just very interesting. I'm always here for black women and black people in general who kind of want to do something a little bit different. Um, the videos are very, like, you know, kind of hippie. Like, you know, everybody's in face paint, you know, like going up the mountain. Um, and it's just, like, really kind of interesting to see, like, that whole... Um, you know, aesthetic and vibe. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed this, this album. Um, there's a track called "Little Deer" that I really like. Good um, song. That's, that's like the epitome, I think, of this album. Um, Turning Wheel is really good as well. Um, and yeah, like it's just like it's, it's like such a it's like a journey. This whole album. Um, it dropped last year in June, so it's it's, it's been out for a, for a little bit, but. Um, yeah, I, I was really impressed by it. Um, it's like one of those things too. Like I would love to buy the vinyl, you know, because um, I, I feel like it's the the sounds there are so lush. Um, I, I would love to, to to to. I feel like a you know like a hipster, but I would love to buy the vinyl because I, I I think it would sound really cool on, on kind of some old school uh, speakers and turntables and things like that. So. Um, yeah, definitely check her out. Spelling with three L's. Three L's. Put respect <laughs> on the name. Uh, <laughs> I caught her the previous album cycle. Um, it, primarily live is where I kind of knew her. I didn't really know the record that well. Um, I gave it a little listen. I, I'll be honest with you, it didn't grab me that particular record. This one definitely does. Um, I think you nailed it. It's, it's very experimental pop. Definitely, this when she approaches it, you can tell there's a definitely strong melody, strong harmony ideas. Um, the actual song structure is a little bit weird, but you can tell there's a lot of work there. There's a lot of ethereal stuff. There's a lot of like fucking, a lot, lot of lot of nuances, a lot of solidities. Like you said, it's it's definitely it's def, it's definitely a, a record and a headphone were like album. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Gotta have that <laughs> headphone <laughs> amp. Gotta have that Seinhauser. You know what I'm saying? Can't come out here with this little fucking shitty ass, tinny sounding ass fucking Apple Beats. You gotta, you gotta have that fucking those Grotto headphones. You know what I'm saying? Made by fucking Brooklyn Hands. But um, but you know, it's 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 kind of cool seeing avant-garde black artists work in genres that aren't necessarily a tied to their race and b stereotypical as far as the boxes that we kind of put them in. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, no, like big fan. Um, I finally gave this record a listen after like being kind of like uh, on her fucking actual record, but being impressive for live. And I think this is a stronger realization of what I saw live than I did here on that last record. So she's definitely kind of moving up as far as being able to capture the sound that she kind of, I guess, I'm assuming that she's trying to, that's in her head now and try to put it on wax. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely a solid record. Um, I, like I was saying to you before, I remember around the same time, like she kind of came out was also Lorraine. And I know that Lorraine kind of sucked a lot of the air in the room because, you know, in corporate America, you could only have one. So you could only have one cool artsy black woman at one time, apparently. That's the only one slot allowed. <laughs> but like he said, it's cool to kind of hear, you know, black people kind of work in these places, kind of push the paradigm forward as far as what black is concerned. And as, and as far as the art forms and dabbling is concerned, she's definitely a dope ass artist. So I'm hoping that, you know, this one kind of got a little dicked over because she's somebody, like I said, who definitely does stuff in the live realm. She only had a small period of time to kind of perform it live in, you know, regular during normal times. Hopefully once everything defrosts as far as the weather's concerned and as far as Omicron's concerned, be able to catch her live and, you know, she'll be, some, be able to do some more shit and build on this fucking momentum. So, you know, shouts to her. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, that's about it. Me and Sona about to go inside of the cabin, kick back, catch up on our Netflix shows, you know what I'm saying? You know, take our Binac text before we sit down, you know, Binax. Make sure we're COVID free and then, uh, yeah, have some cocoa, relax. You know, that new Ozark dropped. That new, that new Ozark, yes. <laughs> That show is just pure blood pressure. That show, that show is a, that show. That's, that's the real release of the of the week. <laughs> that's the real mixtape. I can't do it, man. I feel like it's 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 a ploy of, of white supremacy to cause fucking black blood pressure. Every goddamn mm. scene is literally like at any given time the cartels need to rapidly come and murder all these white people in this frame right about now. True, true, like. <laughs> Oh man, it's it, it it is like classic Netflix. Like it's it's like oh snap! Like I I will pay you seventeen dollars now. They, <laughs> they jacked up the price. Damn you, Netflix! It's like we got this new crack. You're gonna want you're gonna want to have this one. This this that new shit. <laughs> but, so that's that's what that's what my quarantine's gonna be doing. You know, but, watching uh, this Ozark. Yeah, nah, man. I say we got we gotta stay inside. But yeah. <laughs> Um, as usual, we love y'all. Stay safe, stay focused, stay vaxxed, wear your masks. And uh, yeah, when it gets a little bit warmer, we'll be see you in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Maybe at a spelling show, you know, maybe at an yeah. FKA Twig show. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll be wearing my bubble jacket in July at a Griselda show because that's what you do when you see you go to a Griselda show. Bubble jacket <laughs> and a ski mask on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But uh, as usual, we love y'all. Peace. Peace.